0: Christ has died and embraced Jesus. This is the wonderful news of the gospel. This is the wonderful promise of the gospel that Jesus is our propitiation. He is our cover for our sins. He is the atoning sacrifice. He's all those things that the sacrifices of the Old Testament were not able to do to turn away the wrath of God from against our sins. Oh, friend, if you've never considered the plea for the gospel, the news, the hope of the gospel, I pray that today you would would consider turning away from your sin, saying no to your rebellious ways, saying no to your own way of life apart from Christ, and turn to Christ, embrace Christ, submit to Him. If you'd like to know more about what that means, I would love to talk to you at the end of the service. How did God define love? He poured out His just and righteous wrath against our rebellion, not on us, but on His own one and only Son. That's how God loved us. That's how God defined His love for us. And the implication for us in verse 11 is plain and simple black and white, if God loved us in this way, we also ought to love one another. That's why the children of God are commanded to love. We have, those who have been born of God, we have an obligation to love one another. Not only because love comes from God, not only because we have been born of God, but also because of how God loved us. Oh, friends, that's why when we take the Lord's Supper, we not only have a picture before us of the love of God for us, but recently we started to recite our church covenant. A covenant, of prom- a list of promises we have made to one another as members of this body of Christ gathered in this local congregation. That covenant is in some ways like a marriage vow. It expresses practically what our love for one another makes us commit to. Oh, how beautiful it was to hear the covenant vows that Rico and Vanessa declared last weekend to one another. It would be great if, um, if they would allow us to post those vows so that others would read them, because I think they're so beautiful. Enrico and Vanessa, I pray that you'd read those covenant vows again and again throughout your marriage. Perhaps you may even want to print them and put them somewhere in your house to remind yourself regularly of those covenant vows. Friends, in some way, our church covenant is a covenant vow we have made because of our love for one another. That's why in the last few years, we have sort of rediscovered it. We've always had it. We've just never practiced reading it, looking back at it regularly. For those of you who are visiting us, some of you perhaps for the first time this morning, others have been visiting us for a while. At the center of our Church life together at the center of our existence as a community, as a body of Christ here. We have, of course, the Word of God, but then we have the, the statement of faith, which is a summary of what we believe to be the most crucial truths that bind us together. That's our statement of faith. But then the next thing we have at our at the center of our life together is our church covenant. It is a list of the promises we have made to one another because of our love for one another. Um, I'd encourage you to go and and read it on our website. We read it every time we start our church body meetings six times a year. And like I said, we started reading it also in preparation for the Lord's Supper. Now, if at any time um, any of you read it and um, you feel like it's too much, it is a page long. So there's quite a few Promises, but if you feel like, oh my goodness, I, I don't know if I can commit to this. I don't know if I can, if I should really join this church. This is too much. Remember verse eleven. If God loved us in this way, we should love one another. Read that covenant in light of the cross. Read that covenant, remembering how God loved us and what did. God do, to, to show His love for us. So love because, love one another because love comes from God. Love one another because we are born of God. Love one another because of how God loved us. Last reason in this passage, love one another because we make visible the invisible God. Verse 12 starts with a bold statement. No one has ever seen God. Can you say amen to that? Would that be true? No one has ever seen God. But look, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And His love is made complete in us. His love is perfected in us. His love is maturing in us. When we love one another, oh friends, we make visible the invisible love. When we love, we put on display what God is like. In the small acts of love, in the faithful commitments to cherish one another, in the faithful commitment to serve one another, to build up one another, to show up and be with one another. In looking forward to being in the company of one another, in all those moments, we really put on display the character of the invisible God. When people argue about the existence of God or doubt His presence, One evidence of his existence that we should have at our disposal is to tell them, come and see. Come and see a group of people who love God, who love one another in an unusual way. And the only explanation I have for the kind of love they have for one another is that God is real. So sad. And sometimes we are afraid of inviting people to come to church because we are embarrassed to meet and to know what church is like. Because sometimes church does not do a good job of displaying what God is like. How sad. And I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about in in general. We should be the kind of community where when someone struggles to to really believe God and it has doubts, is God really true? We should say, come and see. Come and watch. Come and watch and listen to the concerns and care and love people have. People who, who are different ages, different generations, different interests, different preferences different commonalities. Our society would tell us that there's no reason why people of this kind of mixture and background will hang out together and care for one another and be concerned for one another and call one another up. There's no reason. But Christ, He's real. He revealed Himself to them. And look at the transformation He has made in their lives. Oh friends, I pray I pray that we would be the kind of community, the kind of people, that the love of God is so present in our own lives and is so manifested in the way we love one another, that people who are not sure of God's talk or God existence would see a manifestation of the invisible God in our visible gathering and relationships. Friends, when we love one another, we put on display not simply our church. When we love one another, we actually make visible what the invisible God is like. It is as if our life together in community, our love for one another, is an advertising campaign for what God is like. And we can do a good job advertising God or we can do a poor job advertising God. But make no mistakes. If we proclaim to be followers of Christ, children of God, we are going to do unadvertising for God, good or bad. Effective or uneffective, we are doing some sort of advertising. That's why loving one another is not for the supreme purpose of growing the church. Not that we should be more comfortable in our relationships, but the reason why we should love one another is to be a good advertising for what God is like, to make visible the invisible God. And At the end of verse 12, there's a great promise. When we love one another, the love of God is made complete in us. It's perfecting in us. It's growing us into immaturity. And the more we love one another, the more we grow in the love of God. People will say, it's hard for me to love other people it's i'm struggling with the love of god in my own heart right now you know what you should do to make that love grow start loving other people and you'll see that love growing in you don't wait to love one another until you feel like the love of god is in you when you struggle with the love of god start loving one another start doing acts of service start doing something unusual for somebody else that you have nothing in common in this congregation. Offer to meet for lunch with someone. Offer to read scripture with someone. Offer to read a book with someone. Offer just to meet to know what's going on in their lives. Even though you might have very little or nothing in common with them, you'll discover you have at least one thing, Christ. And that's sufficient. That's sufficient for our fellowship and love. The more we love one another, the more we grow in the love of God, and this helps us to be more effective in displaying God to the nations. Friends, at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2014, let us be challenged by this command for the life of our congregation. Let us love one another. Fight for this love. Protect this love. Cherish this love. Nurture this love. I wonder if you've ever thought that the command to love one another is not so much about you, Not about, not even about others. It's about God and making him visible in the world that has lost its fellowship with God. So examine your desire and longing to gather with the saints really affects the way you display God among the nations. Your commitment to fulfill our mutual covenant of membership is really a way to affect your ability to display God. For the nations. So why love one another? Because love comes from God, because you have been born of God, because of how God has loved us, because we make visible the invisible God. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Father, we thank you for the commands of Scripture. Thank you for the command to love one another. And Lord, you know that in our curiosities, we often like to ask, why? And today, you have given us four clear reasons why we should love one another. And none of those reasons are about us or about, even about others. Every one of these reasons is ultimately about you. Lord, help us to be good display, a good display of you by the way we love one another. And we pray that our love for one another would be a means by which you would attract others to the Savior, to yourself. I pray that our love for one another would also be a a glimpse of eternity of what it will be like to spend eternity with you in your presence, in your love. Help us, O oh God, to be faithful witnesses to you by being faithful in our love for one another. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen. I invite you to stand one more time and sing this with us. And if you're looking for more evidences of what we've heard, loving one another, this song is very full of them.